Hello and welcome back to the Personal Trainer Portal podcast, episode 92. And I'm going to say it again. I think we'll say every single episode leading up to 100, but we're closing in on that episode 100. It's literally, I can see it. I can just see it in the distance. There you are. There you are, episode 100. <laughs> yeah. You can see the light, can't you? It's like you're, it's like you're crawling on sand and it's just really slow. And then all of a sudden, you can just see the end of the beach. Do you often crawl along the beach? No, I don't. I'm telling Walker. Well, over here in Newcastle, we normally crawl along the beach. All right. Just funny, because I, I lived there and I never did it. But there we are. Have you got your mic plugged in today, Pete? Yeah. Why? Can you not hear it? No, I... I can hear you, but it just doesn't seem to be amazing quality. Or maybe that's just because I'm getting sick of the sound of your voice and it isn't as nurturing as it used to be. There we go. There's the warm welcome and voice of Peter Rothwell. So anyway, there we go. So today we're going to be talking about marketing yourself as a personal trainer and how to get your first clients. And I know we've spoken about something similar to this on other episodes. But being completely transparent, these are the ones which seem to do the best when I look at the analytics. So that tells me that we better talk about it a little bit more. But before we do that, we're going to delve into a little bit of talk and chat. So our favorite section. So what I wanted to speak about today, and this is, was inspired by the Propane Fitness Lads and their podcast because they were speaking about it. So... We don't really speak about our training at all or the gym, really, do we, Pete? Really, we talk about our own PT, but we don't really talk about our training. So I want to go over your, and I'll put my input, of course, as well, your biggest gym annoyances in terms of what annoys you the most about when you're in a public gym. So you just want me to dive straight into what annoys me? Well, then I'll go in terms of giving certain points in terms of whatever that may be. The biggest annoyance is when you're waiting for a machine or squat rack or anything like that. It's usually a squat rack because there's not usually that many. And you're waiting there. Someone's maybe got to it before you or they've been on it for a good while. But in between their rest, like in between their sets, sorry, they're taking far too long resting so obviously if you're lifting heavy fair enough you're allowed to rest but if you're just on your phone or just having a, a, a gossip like that's my time you're wasting my time now i want to be on that i want to get it done before work and just crack on so that's a really big one i love how you say they're wasting your time even though they're the ones who were on that squat rock yeah they're wasting my time in the gym I've got, I don't have an infinite time uh, to train. I've got my two hours before work. But how are they wasting your time? They're the ones on the squat rack and you're not on it. Because I, I should be on that, doing a, performing my sets. <laughs> yeah, doing a bicep curl on the squat rack. Because that's what you do, isn't it? Gym, what, what are we on about gyms? I don't go to gym. No, so that's the biggest one. That is the biggest one. Really, it really angers me. You know what? I was in a good mood, but now we've just brought this up. 
it's like I'm there. It's like you're the one wasting my time now, Lewis. You're on the squat rack having a gossip. It's, you're really annoying me. You're wasting my time. Get off. <laughs> get your towel, get your drink, and piss off. Yeah, so that's, that really annoys me. I'm trying to think. That's a big one. All right, you go. I'll calm myself down. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll let you simmer down a little bit in the corner. So I would say for me, it's, and because I've been PT and my clients help a private facility for what, five, six, five years now, I do a lot of my training in the private facility. So I'm not accustomed anymore to being in a public gym where I get to see loads of other people. But me, recently me and Alex have signed up to a public gym, which had just opened up about six weeks ago. So I've signed up to that and I go there for a change of scenery for my own training as well. And one thing which I've always known when I've trained in public gyms previously, but it's come up again. And it's that of just leaving the weights on the machines. Like it used to annoy me a few years ago, but it never really annoyed me that much. Whereas now the weights, once you're finished, whereas now there's constantly people who leave the plates on the leg press or leave the plates on the Smith machine. It's like I watched some guy the other day walked up to the raw, like the seated chest supported raw, and there was no weights on it to start off with. He piled it up with loads of weights, did his sets, and then his water bottle was right next to the plates where the where you put the weights on. So his water bottle was literally like an inch from the machine of the weights. And then he finished his last set, picked the water bottle up. So he essentially, he, he must have looked at the water bottle and looked at the weights he'd put on there and just walked away. And I'm like, mate, just take the weights off. I, I don't understand how hard that is to just take the weights off. So uh, I, I can share your anger there. I've, I've calmed down a little, but I'm going to get heated again. Really annoys me. So the gym I've trained at, Lewis, you've trained there when you come over and see me. And there's obviously you've got free weight area room partitioned off from like the machines. But then in the like area where all the machines are next door, there is a stack of weights that go from maybe one kilo to 10, maybe a little heavier. And what really annoys me is because in the free weight room, they sort of go along because they're quite long racks. This one's like a vertical one rather than a horizontal one. And people, they'll just, you you pick the tens up, right? Take the tens, bottom of the stack, it starts at one, goes to ten. Take them away, you finish with them. You come and put them back. And someone has put like, just randomly the fours in the bottom slot. So then you've got to put your weights down and rearrange the weights. So that adds on to your time, the wasting my time again. See this again, there's a common theme here. That really annoys me. That's just a, a little one. The other one that annoys me is when you're clearly supersetting something. And fair enough, you might be supersetting two machines. Someone comes along fresh to the gym. They've just walked in. They maybe didn't see that you were on that other machine that you're going to be supersetting. And they just dive on it, start taking all sorts off it. And you thought, you think, right. So then you have to just either wait to do it later. 
find another machine or alternative. But it's the people, they've been training alongside you, seeing your superset, and they don't even ask you. They just go straight on your, the machine you're not on and just jump straight on. Because the gym I go to, you have to, you have to take a towel. So you can only sort of hog. To, you can tell it's not the UK when you're, it's obliged to take, you feel obliged to take a towel. Why do you think you're not obliged to in the UK? It's weird, isn't it? Because in hotel gyms, when I've been abroad, they always state somewhere, bring a towel. What have you noticed in the UK, it never really says that in any gym. Yeah. Yeah, it's a funny one. Obviously, my my gym was quite a lot stricter with COVID, but, you know, because Spain was maybe stricter than the UK was for a while because we have to train in masks for a lot longer than you guys and that obviously in the summer it's so hot in that gym at the minute it's not even proper summer it's, but we've had a a hot spell i might have mentioned that lewis it's been pretty hot here but yeah so it was just i just see it was so horrible training a mask in the heat so i wouldn't recommend that but they they were really strict you have to sort of spray down your machine wipe it all over but uh, they're quite a bit more relaxed now. The COVID stuff has gone away, but they're they're two smaller ones. I think you know what the big one was that annoyed me. So yeah, what about you? Any others? Yeah, I'd say that's the main thing for me. It's just the re the re racking of the weights. I wouldn't say there's anything which I can think of. There's obviously small things, but it's mainly just the the re racking of the weights, which is my biggest annoyance. Apart from that, there's there's a few minor things like general personal hygiene where people are sweating then don't clean it up and just leave it. That's a little bit annoying. Can you remember that time? And I might have mentioned this on the podcast before. Were you there back when we both worked in the gym back in Gosforth? About it was probably the, in the first year. There used to be a guy <laughs> who <laughs> who used to train his boxers. Can you remember that? So there was one guy back in the gym, he used to come in and how our gym was laid out, you'd go through the pods, enter your code, and then straight away to the right, there was a load of lockers, but we had the change rooms obviously as well, male and female, so you could get change in there. But this guy used to do, I don't know why he used to do it. I'm pretty sure he wasn't English either. From what I remember, he wasn't English and he used to <laughs> walk it go to the lockers, like take his jumper and that off. So he's in like his t-shirt and then just like pull his, like take his jeans off. Well, I remember loads of people training in jeans and yeah, in that, because I mean, if you're new to commercial gym PT and, and frequenting commercial gyms, if you work in a commercial gym and you're just starting out, I'm going to tell you now. It's a bit of a spoiler alert. You're going to see everything and anything happen in that gym. So we, jeans, people wearing jeans, people turning on flip-flops, like training in their boxes, like you see it all. I think because it's a commercial gym and it's quite cheap to join and a lot of people that are maybe going that are inexperienced in gym etiquette, that they just don't even think about it, do they? Like, Imagine training in jeans, like denim. You know what it's like if you go out for a walk and you've got jeans on and they get wet, right? They, they stay wet. 
So in a gym, if you're sweating in jeans, which, you know, aren't known for their airing ability or breathability, uh, denim, I don't think that's, that's a recipe for success. Is it really going to sweat? It's going to smell. Yeah. Like, no, that's just not a thing. I know. I don't, I don't understand it. And this guy, I think he did train his jeans before, but our manager told him he couldn't. So then the subsequent times he just trained his boxers, but there were those boxers like the stereotypical American style where they're not the tight, they're like loose fitting. Like the, if you, when you first look, they could get away, get away with being shorts, but they definitely weren't shorts. Yeah. I mean, the last thing you want to do is him expose himself on the squat rack. Oh no. Oh. Anyway, but they're the main things which I get a little bit annoyed at. But have you got anything else before we move on? No, my personal annoyance is when my headphones fail me. When you, you haven't charged them up and they just let you down. Because then, like, the the headphones I use are, like, noise can cancelling. So you forget how much and what noise happens in the gym. So then when, when they fail on you... You just kind of, you've got to either listen to the music, it might not be your cup of tea, or you just hear like people and noises that are just like over the top. That, that's another weird one. You, some of the noises you hear off people training, like obviously like straining. And some people used, do you remember in the gym, like some people just make the weirdest noises, like this, they didn't even look like they were exerting themselves. Uh, but you see, you see it all, don't you? You see it all. But yeah, I think that I think we've covered our main ones. I'm trying to think anything, anything else. But you really don't like, and when I say you, I'm not talking to Pete. I'm talking to the listeners. Put comment on one of our Instagram posts, or I was going to say put it in the chat of the podcast, but you can't really do that. You know what? I'm going to put a question box, which you can now do on Spotify, and put in that your biggest gym annoyances because I'd be intrigued to hear about it so are you all right pete moving on to the topic of today's conversation or have you got something for me I, i've actually got a proper good dad joke today what do you call a horny shape a horny shape is it not just a triangle what is it a rectangle that was a good one it's good that one wasn't it for a change a rectangle. Anyway, on that note, <laughs> on that note, on that pointy note, on that bombshell, today we're going to be talking, we're going to swiftly move on from that. <laughs> this is the transition. We're going to be talking about marketing yourself as a PT and how to get your first few clients. As I mentioned at the start of the pod, these are the ones which seem to do the best. And I know if you've been an avid listener of this podcast, you might have heard some of these stories before. So this is a testament to we don't just make these stories up. So, Pete, I thought, why don't we share our own personal stories of how we got our first few clients, say our first three to five. And maybe we should talk about what we found the hardest and essentially what we struggled with and how we got them. So I've got the hot potato in my hand and I'm going to, Virtually throw it over to you. There you go. <laughs> Got it. What what do I do now? It's a bit hot in my hand. Do I just like juggle it? Uh, 
I wish you'd said I would have got the oven gloves out. Um, <laughs> just before we dive into the hot potato, how will we... Oh, don't dive into it. It's better if you cut it up, maybe put a bit of butter in, a bit of grated cheese. That's that's what you should do with a hot potato. But no, just when you're talking about why we're doing this topic, because it's a popular topic, how are we going to know it's from the topic and not that dad joke? Because how are we going to know what's from the topic? What if this podcast does well? Mm. This, If this one, this episode is successful, how are we going to know? It, was it that joke? Was it the topic? I'm going to assume that the reason our podcasts do well is one, because of the title. So that intrigues people, just like a YouTube video. And then the listens of it seem to be quite long. <laughs> but then I was just thinking, as I was saying that, that's why I hesitated a little bit. On YouTube, I think the algorithm goes off the watch time. So say, for example, you have a 20-minute video. If someone watches, say, 75% or more of that, the algorithm will push that video to people who aren't subscribed. Whereas I think podcasts don't really have that organic, eh, sorry, they do have the organic growth. They don't have the algorithm pushing it. So say, for example, someone watches this or listens to this podcast throughout the whole 20, 30 minutes, however long it is. I've just realized it's definitely going to be longer than 20 minutes. It won't push it as much as YouTube would. So to answer your question, what I'm trying to say is that I think it's more from the intrigue of the title. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, yeah, so back to the hot potato that I'm juggling. So start off, what was it like for you when you had no clients when we started the gym? What did you struggle with and how did you go about getting your first few clients? And I remember it was quite daunting. I'll take you back. So I think I'm trying to remember what time of year it was to sort of set the scene. July, it was warm outside, quite sweltering outside. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was sort of summertime, fresh out of PT school with my PT ideas. I was going to be successful PT. We'd been lucky that we'd got into a new gym that was literally brand new. First big intake of, of uh, membership. There was going to be some prime PT client, client signing up. So I went out, probably had a little brief sort of pep talk from management about selling the gym. And then it was a case of, oh, as well, you should maybe take some some um, details of people. Mention that you're a PT and then take the details and then you can maybe get some leads from that. So I think it was a case of taking people around these tours. You get these people and they're all different walks of life, all different ages, different demographics. And it was a case of, I don't think I'd done any research into sales, how to market myself. I just knew how to take someone through a PT session. And it was a case of, you'd show them around, get them a bit, maybe see the machines, tell them what it was about, what the membership was about, all the, that admin side. And then it would be at the end. 
uh, and PT. Have you thought about PT? What about PT with me? I'm a PT. Do you want a PT with me? And it was a case of, I mean, they've just come for a look around the gym, a lot of these people, and they weren't in any situation or point where they were probably ready to sign up to you because they didn't know you. They'd met you for maybe 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and you're now trying to sign them up to PT. So, yeah, I think after a, a few days of that and maybe some of the other PTs obviously chatting to them, they'd maybe got more leads from these people that they got in. It was a little bit daunting. I thought, this is, uh, this is harder than it. It was explained to me, I, I, the reality's kicked in here. Uh, these people aren't just coming and approaching me or just agreeing that they need PT when I mention at the end of a, a tour that, you know, that I'm a PT and I can coach them. So I think it was a little bit daunting. I think, I think we had about two weeks, didn't we, of like pre-sale doing t uh, PT uh, gym tours getting people, giving people information, letting them have a little look around. Obviously there was a lot of tire kickers in there, probably people that didn't even join to the gym. So I think the fact I went into that situation completely, well, I was new to it, inexperienced, had not done any sort of research into how to sign up people. If you'd mentioned the conveyor belt that we mentioned just about all the time, if you haven't listened to any of them, go back and look for the conveyor belt. Yeah. But I wouldn't even have a clue what the conveyor belt was. The idea of the conveyor belt. Maybe if I'd listened to BTP before that two week, uh, pre-sale, it probably would have got me a lot more clients. So yeah, I was just sort of, I think the first week I hadn't really picked anyone up and then I kept going the second week, obviously you get a little bit better every sort of person you chat to. Cause when you first start, you're just like shit scared and you know, nervous. Some people can talk to people. It depends what you like with talking to strangers, essentially you're meeting that person straight off. You've never met them before. And then you're putting them around the tour and trying to sell to them. You can understand why it, it's a struggle. So second week, I think I might've got a few more leads. So I thought, oh, maybe not too bad, but some people were actually getting physically paying clients and doing consultations. And I was a long way from that. So I think it was a real struggle at the start and quite daunting. And it went from a point of I'm doing something I want to do because I'd changed. I'd moved from Tenerife back to England to do a different career, something that I wanted to do. And you do the course, you have all that excitement, but then reality kicks in and you're a bit like, shit, have I made a mistake? Is this a lot harder than I thought? Like you've got to pay the bills now. You've got to get clients and that's when it can kick in. And for some people, they might pack it in then. I mean, there was. There was people in that pre-sale, Lewis, if you remember, that we would have a team, we had a meeting before the pre-sale to go through what we needed to do. And we maybe had a big team of 20 and then maybe not 20, a bit less than that, but by the end of pre-sale, we definitely lost a couple, if not a few of them. 
because they just realized it wasn't for them, whether they hadn't picked any leads up in consultations for our pre-sale or they just panicked. But with me, I mean, I had, I had savings, I had some money behind me, so I knew it would take time and, and I just grafted my bollocks off really. Did you actually end up getting your first, say first handful, three to five clients then? Can you remember what you actually did? So you, some, some of those, look, I mean, I did sign, I think maybe one or two people at most in pre-sale. And signed them up and they were wanting PT, got them into a consultation, got them trained. But then I think there was a bit of a gap in the first few months to then getting a few people. I think in the end, what I did was I did the whole get my friends and family in and, and trained them for nothing. That sort of fake it till you make it that you see sort of posted about, but I would be used my, my head on that one. So I wouldn't just train them in the middle of the day. I'd train them at peak times when the gym was busiest and I would have an arrangement with them that they would obviously uh, spread the good word, but that I could put their stuff on social media or use some of that as, as marketing material further down the line, but trying to train them when it was the busiest time. So people can, cause essentially the gym floor is a shop window. And if you've got a big membership there, if you're training someone at six o'clock on a Monday evening, it's probably the busiest time of the gym in the gym all week. And people will be on the cardio machines, whatever treading treadmills, whatever, and they see you PTing someone who looks a bit different, looks interesting, you know, you look like you're there enjoying it, the clients enjoying it, you look engaged in them, then they're probably, that's going to plant a seed and it's going to give them an idea of what you're about. So I think I really pushed the fake it to make it, friends and families trained them for very little, if, if not for free, obviously that was, you need, if you're going to do that you need to have an agreement with the person. You don't want them expecting you're going to train them forever for nothing. And you don't want to be training someone if they're not comfortable with you using maybe the before and after pictures or using, taking a video or a picture for your social media, because essentially the benefit of you training them is, you know, that you're going to get something out of that for future clients. So I think I really pushed that side and it was one of them. I think I started to learn that you say hello to everyone. You have a bit chat with everyone. And that essentially is, is, is a, is a little bit of luck because I'm quite a ch place at the right time as well, isn't it? Because I'm quite a chatty person. And if you put me in a one-on-one -on -one situation with anyone, I can kind of talk to them and figure out a conversation and in the sort of I remember at PT school, they would sort of tell you, you've got to be a chameleon in terms of you've got to adapt your personality and you wondered where I'd gone. I just blended into the sofa. So yeah, you've got to be being a chameleon. What I mean by that is if you put me in front of Lewis 
I'll chat maybe about football, about the gym, about something that you intellectual, of course. And if you put me in front of Ruth, the 66 year old pensioner, I'm going to not talk to her about the gym or football, but I'm going to talk to her about the weather or just anything like, like what you talk to your gran about or your mom about, like just our adults, just different types of conversation. They're not going to have the same, you're not going to have the same interests as Ruth in general. So you've got to be able to adapt to who's in front of you. And if you can do that and have conversations and whatever you do, don't go hard sales. We'll probably mention this later, but just have a chat with someone. Don't go in there looking for them to give you all the money for your coaching straight away because they don't know you've got to knock the walls down. I, I mean that. I don't mean go to the house and knock the walls down. Through it, yeah. Because you won't get them as client if you're not the house walls down. Uh, it's not recommended. So I think it's, it's one of them. I think I, I learned the hard way, not really by seeking knowledge of how to do it, but just by being in the gym. I was at the desk talking to people, just saying hello, like, hello, how are you? Goes a long way because people turn up to a gym and they're, they're probably not comfortable to be there if they're not an experienced trainer in terms of being to a few different facilities or gyms and you know what they're doing. They're probably there because they're a bit overweight or not happy with how they look. And they've probably maybe gone after work or before work, so they're a bit stressed. So you just being a friendly face, saying hello, just disarms them, makes them feel a bit more comfortable and they'll come back to you down the line. But essentially, I think I've stumbled across the conveyor belt really by just being there, having chats and not being hard sales because I've never... If you call the, I hate going to a garage, car garage, and you just, they jump on you. It's like in Tenerife, you, you go walk along the beachfront where the restaurants are. I know where I want to go because I, I, I live here. So I know what restaurants are decent. I don't want to go to particularly touristy ones, but it's the touristy ones that have a PR that's going to jump on you and, and get you in for a cheap meal or whatever. They'll try anything. And that just puts you back up. So, because I don't enjoy that hard sell, I'm less likely to do a hard sell for someone. So I think a bit of luck, a bit of stumbling into it, a bit of learning on my feet, that is where I'd say the first sort of five clients come from. What about you? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I've spoken about mine before and I will summarize mine a little bit because mine is pretty similar to Pete. So I don't want to just repeat what he said. But similar to people, we both started the gym, the same gym at the same time. So we had a two week, um, as Pete said, the pre-sale. So we got to meet members. We couldn't PT because the gym was just open. And, and I picked up a good few clients from that. And that was purely just by speaking to them. And again, I, this was before I was experienced at all. I didn't really know what I was doing. And I picked up those clients. Yes, maybe a little bit of luck being at the right place at the right time. But also just from speaking to them, finding out about their goals, challenges, and I didn't know that I had to do this at the time. This was just from, I suppose you could say, intuition, just thinking, yep, yeah, I'll speak to them about the goals, challenges. And then I mentioned my PT, they inquired, and I said, yep, yeah, get yourself in for a consultation. So I picked up my first few clients just by speaking to them on the gym floor, speaking to loads of people. And I think 
again, I, I don't want to go too deep into my story because Pete's already summarized his and mine pretty similar. So I want to move on to, I suppose, what we found the hardest and what we recommend doing. And again, we talk about the conveyor belt system all the time. So I'll briefly summarize. The conveyor belt system is essentially a metaphorical term, obviously. What we use of taking someone on the gym floor who is a member of your gym from being a complete stranger who you've never spoken to before all the way to the end of the conveyor belt of being a long-term pain client. And obviously on this conveyor belt, there are different steps we need to take. You can't take them from being a complete stranger to complete to being a long-term pain client without micromanaging them. So again, just to summarize, I'm not going to go into too much depth, but it would be speaking to them, open the conversation, get to know them a little bit. And then the next step would be to ask them a bit more information and say something along the lines of, you, I've noticed you've been coming to the gym. What are you struggling with the most? What are you actually looking to achieve? Providing them value. The next step would be meeting up with them again to get a follow-up of how their progress has gone since you gave them a little bit of help. The next step would be booking them into a consultation. The next step, of course, closing them from a consultation into a long-term paying client. And if you are struggling in what to say to people and you want an actual script template to show you and tell you exactly what you need to say, head to the link in the description of this podcast where we've got a full free guide of exactly what to say in a full free script. And yes, don't forget that that is there because that is really helpful, that one. So that's the overview of the conveyor belt. And I would say, Pete, the first five clients is arguably the most important. It might sound a little bit obvious, but I would say the reason why the first five clients are most important are because it builds experience with yourself and training people. It helps build some testimonials and results, which you can advertise, of course, and finances. Of course, if you've got five clients paying you, again, just to put, throw some arbitrary figures out there, if you've got five clients paying you 250 per month, that's a grand 1250 per uh, month in total, if my maths are correct, and that 1250 will or should be enough to at least cover your rent from the gym if you do have rent of course and some leftover costs as well would you agree pete that the first five clients are the most important and what do you think as to why that is i think the first five is massive because obviously you've covered the financials obviously we've we're all doing this because we enjoy it but you have to pay the bills as well so the first five is massive just financially, but I don't want to go too much into that. What I want to say is your confidence levels, the reassurance you get from you've come out of PT school, you might have changed career, you might have moved, whatever it is, moved jobs, moved town, moved country, whatever it is, you've, you've changed, something's changed in your, your life to become now a PT. And... If you don't get any clients, your confidence is going to be low. I know for a fact that was my case. When I didn't pick clients up and other PTs were getting their clients quicker, your confidence like, is it something I'm doing? Is it because I'm not cut out for this? So the sooner you get that first client, third, uh, second, third, fourth, fifth, you, you're cooking on gas. It gets you off the mark in... The more confident you are, it 
that reassurance that you're doing something right then just feeds into your business, into your coaching, how you are. I'm sure you can remember PTs that weren't picking up clients in the gym over a long period. And if you sort of put me or you next to them in terms of having a few clients in what our confidence level was and in, in what our coaching was like, it would have been a lot better. It would have been a lot higher because they're, they're going there every day. They were, we did the 12 hour shift for our rent, give, give time for rent. And if you're just turning up doing 12 hours a week, you get nothing for that. The gym's profiting because you, that's the rent, but you're not getting anything financially and your confidence just takes a hit. Excuse me. So it's, it's massive. The first five is massive for that. It's the, the start that once you get those five clients, it's the, the journey of business growth, having a successful business. So you want to really push on to get those five clients and, and be smart with your time. And once you've got the five clients, you can then look further down the line. Obviously make sure you keep them happy. Make sure you offer them the best coaching you can. Don't neglect them thinking about your next five, you've got to keep those five as your foundation, build on that. And then if you neglect them, you're going to be looking for another client. You've dropped a couple of clients, you're back down to three clients. You need to get up to five again. It's one of them. You want to consolidate, get the five, consolidate them, and then look to get more. And if you're offering them a high quality five-star service, uh, they, they come to the sessions, they enjoy the gym. You're giving them knowledge. You're not just sort of telling them what to do. You're actually giving them some information around why you're training like that, why you're telling them to eat in a certain way. They're learning. And it's one of them. If people are enjoying and learning and, and can see progress, they're going to stay with you and they're going to keep paying that money for your coaching, which keeps you in the job, keeps your business growing. So. I think you, you can't stress enough how important that first five is just to give you that clarity that you've, you've made the right decision if you've changed career or moved. So I think it's really important. The, the first five. Yeah. And I think we've pretty much summarized it there. And again, if you are struggling on what to say to people to strike up a conversation, head to the link to the description, which is a completely free script template. And again, if you are struggling with more of the full business overview, because we're just scratching the surface here, we're just giving you the absolute overview top level of what you need to do. But if you actually want to earn more money, reduce the stress and get more clients on the gym floor, again, head to the link in the description. There's another link there where you can either go straight to inquire and to work with us or you can head to the free PT masterclass where I break down the full overview of not just getting clients, but how to maximize your hourly income, income and reduce stress as well. So that's everything from me. I think that's everything from you, isn't it? Yeah, that's me. I've uh, gone quite into a lot of detail there. Sorry, Lewis. I think I feel that like I've cut your answers there because I've said too much. <laughs> 
I know. I go and try and say something. Pete's covered everything. The man, the man just knows no bounds. He's just got unlimited knowledge in that brain. This is a, a strong topic of mine, uh, Revan. This uh, about the the struggles of being a new PT. Yeah, and it is tough, and that's hence why we do this podcast and create a PTP, and why we're closing in on a hundred episodes because we know what it's like. So, go on. I was just going to say so. If you are a new PT and you're sort of having these struggles, the stuff that I've touched on more than Lewis, but I know Lewis had similar issues and struggles. Like, I think it's just important we sort of say, like, don't worry about it. Like, it will come. If you're doing the right things, the, the best thing you can do is just don't panic, jump ship, run back to your old job. It will take a bit of work. In a bit of time and if you put the time and effort in and don't just sort of sit in the staff room like we occasionally did and whinge about not having clients you will get them it's just as simple as talking to people and building a relationship and that is what the conveyor belt is about but yeah don't worry if you've got those that anxiety or struggles essentially yep. hit the nail on the head hope you enjoyed this episode and we will see you in the next one Cheers, guys. Bye.